We're joined by Rush Schmidt. He's the new head coach at DeSoto, head coach of the DeSoto Dragons football program. Entering his first season, Coach, usually I ask coaches to uh, review last season first, but you weren't here last year. This is your first season as head coach. So uh, what, what have you learned about the players uh, before this season has started and, and in this first week of practices? So we begin that just conversation back when we had our football signups. Um, you know, I had a, an afternoon, a Friday afternoon back in April because I was a late hire and I had a limited time slot to get my, my point across. And so that 20 minutes became, you know, as I told the kids, you're not, I'm not here to speak about myself. You know who I am, but I need to know who you are. And it was at that point, you know, I had spent Mondays and Fridays here uh, from my job at Festus using some, some days to come down here and start learning about the, the culture and climate of this building and the kids and, and uh, the one thing I noticed is they all wear a shirt that's branded each homecoming with a theme and last year's shirt uh, the theme was it, it's a dragon state of mind and um, so we, we were in a gymnasium which is a, an open space and I got them to sit closer together move them down in the front door front uh, uh, row and we explained you know this is a classroom environment and what those expectations looking forward what what we would expect as a football staff in the classroom and uh, the conversation didn't revolve about football at all it talked about being better people and, and how it starts so how we're going to greet people when we see people and open the door and 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 uh, just in general general practice but I did notice of the 160 some odd kids we had sitting in the you know grade 7 through 12 40 50 of those kids had that shirt on and I asked them to stand up and I asked could anybody explain to me what their dragon state of mind is and they they all just looked at me with blank stares and and I said you guys could sit down now I said uh, you know could I explain to you what my perception is as an opponent who wore a different colored jersey coaching on the opposite sideline last year from Hillsborough. I said that it's acceptable to get beat 70 nothing is it's acceptable to get beat by this opponent 60 to nothing and this opponent and a young man raises his hand and he says I think I I think you've made your point and I said I don't think that I have because your dragon state of mind is here and I and my is over here, so you know you're we're in opposite directions, and, and we have to come together and we have to change this culture. We have to have a partnership that changes culture together, because if 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 you're not in in at this point, then I don't want you here at all. And you know, again, it's a Friday afternoon, and I probably had 15 to 20 student athletes miss the school bus home that afternoon. No, no other than to come up and look me eye and shake my hand and said, thank you. And I said, for what? We needed to hear that. We needed to hear that. So when you ask me how things are going, you have to understand all of my coaches on, on my football staff here at DeSoto are, are hardworking men that also wear many hats. So for Coach Schmidt, to have any sort of a meaningful football staff meeting, it didn't exist until May, till the end of school. I had bits and pieces throughout the spring, but all of my coaches were, were doubling as baseball coaches and track coaches. So it was hard to get 
everybody together without conflicting on on family family time, which is important to me uh, as well. So um, when we got to that point and and even our first meeting as a staff, I can remember it was not about the X's and O's. It was about the culture and what we're going to do and how we're going to go about doing you know procedural stuff. Uh, so when we get into the month of June, uh, we you know we hired a strength and conditioning coach at Mike Sobel. So there was a lot of introduction that first month together in June for these kids, and it was myself, them getting to know me, them getting a new strength coach, and then us collaboratively working together as coaches, trying to learn each other at that time. And so you take the kids from the first day that took 40 minutes to do a dynamic warm-up, and I remember turning to Coach Sobel going, we're in a world of hurt because we can't bend our ankles, knees, and hips. We're stiff. It's the stiffest bunch of group I've ever seen. You know, and I'm just rubbing my bald head out of concern because, you know, what, 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 what are we going to – how can we fix this? And it wasn't a we, it was an us. And the kids, you know, it, it was like this drastic transformation in a student-athlete in, in 30 days. So, you know, success, although there aren't wins and losses yet on the football field, just our ability, just our ability to, you know, be able to, to move that forward to, to now the dynamic warm-up takes us 10 minutes, and it's it's effortless and it's precision and it's everything that we expected um and much is life and so as we move forward those are those are small victories that we're looking at to help build gains and success on the football field what was the buy-in like in the first couple weeks of camp in the summer it was tremendous um but i i was vigilant about getting in here and talking to kids uh when i had opportunities to talk to uh, parents, uh, like our our parent booster club, I I showed up one night, and I, I said I have an hour. You have an hour of my time, you know, and let's let's use it productively. Um, and I got, you know, I just uh, I went to the school play. I went to robotics competitions. I I got out and to track meets and baseball games, um, those things that were going on in the spring, and let the kids know, you know, that I'm I'm here for a purpose. I'm not just here as a head football coach uh, because I do wear a dual hat. I'm an athletic director that you know has to support the activities and athletic programs here at DeSoto High School. So I'm, I'm trying to be very mindful of that <laughs> when I'm with our kids. Um, but going in, you know, we we haven't spent the time that I would like to have building those relationships the way I'm used to. Everything's been on the fly. But nonetheless, it's it's working, and they understand. Um, and the teaching, it's it's just uh, I, I'm happy, you know. And it, and it seemed to really, you know, your your visit with me today is timely because yesterday or, or last night I was talking with a college roommate who who asked to say how are how are things going, and I said if you ask me up until today. You know, I said it's been steady, but yesterday we seemed to make a big step. And 
And I told the kids, you know, we have to stack success one step at a time. And they took a big step in practice yesterday. And I said, we just need to continue to improve. And I said, the minute we don't have, and practice is the hardest part. I said, if the game isn't fun for you, then it means you haven't worked hard in practice. You know, so getting the, and it's a whole different uh, a line of a way of we're doing things. You know, I, um, in 2019, uh, Actually, that idea and through the way of things, my thought process started in, in the off season of 2018 at Festus, and I was working through that process to share with the staff. Had I had that extra year at Festus in 2020, but nonetheless, that that didn't happen. So, uh, I, I ran some stuff out with Coach Saharski, who's a mentor of mine at Hillsboro, and uh, he and I talked a lot about you know procedural stuff and the way we should take care of our kids. And uh, I learned through him and, and it was a, a good learning process. And uh, now where I'm here at DeSoto, we're, we're working through that process with our kids and they seem to buy in and, and, and like it a lot. What goes into making those big advancements you mentioned just day to day from yesterday or the day before to yesterday to today, what goes into making those big leaps in practice? Well, we're, we film everything we do. Um, so, and, and for me, that's, and for the staff, that's, that's an important learning tool. But to get the kids to understand that they're student athletes. So you're, you come to school to, to learn a content in a math class, an English class. We're no different. Mm-hmm. And they have a tool that, you know, and everybody's familiar with it in the football world in huddle. And uh, we can check down to the second how much time little Johnny spends doing his homework. And so when I talk to them or Coach Davis talks to them or Coach Hurt in regards to our special teams offense and defense, what we're looking to install, get in your huddle account and prepare next week. This is what we would like to, to look at putting in on Monday. And when they, they come having asked questions like they would in class. Hey, you know, so that tells me they're engaged. That tells me that they're actually doing the deep dive that we asked them to. But you also have those kids that don't. So when you ask, you know, so when the parent starts asking about playing time, it's a pretty cut and dry thing. You know, either you're doing your homework or you're not. And the ones that are, obviously, are putting themselves in a position to be successful on Friday night. What has changed with the the way preparation for not just your team but the opponents too coming into the season with huddle now being at the forefront of not just high school football but even basketball coaches are using it. I've even seen some baseball coaches using huddle for their pitchers and, and hey, this is what you're doing wrong. So what has huddle done to really improve the game of football at the high school level? So you should have been a fly on the wall in my office yesterday because I have a volleyball junior high volleyball coach that asked about huddle so i got on our huddle account and and i realized that i'm not an administrator for our athletic program so huddle quickly fixed that and so i'm scrolling through and our volleyball program is not a member of the program so i went back and asked why and they go well, you have to pay an additional fee and i go i'm paying ten thousand dollars for x y and z here and you can't throw me a bone I bet you don't remember back when we used to watch film on the Super 8 projector 
because you're so young <laughs> and I'm talking to the gentleman at the other end and I could, it was awkward silence and he goes and they go you know I'm right and he goes yes you're right and I go I bet you aren't even around when we had VH8 VH tape <laughs> he goes you're right so you're the DVD era and he goes yes I go there's no doubt that you guys have pioneered how we do business with football I mean, I remember the days where the head coach, you know, a film, just to watch a game film, you would come in after school and would conclude at 5 o'clock because you would have to splice that film six or eight times if you had to reverse it. God forbid you had to turn that thing in reverse because that was usually the death to the, to the tape, and you would have to fix it. Friday night after the game was filmed, everybody used to rush to Arnold, Missouri because there was only one place in the region that developed Super 8 film. You had to get in line. So now you transfer to the 21st century. If, if I have a camera a set up on my game field, that's usually been traded with my opponent, reciprocated already if they've got the same setup before I walk in the locker room, no questions asked. Or that night I'm trading film you know, on, on my cell phone on the way home on the bus ride home. So it's a game changer. And I told him, I said, you guys are millionaires. You know, you, I, I said, I, I need some help, you know, the, until until next year when they break it up into high school memberships and junior high memberships. Mm -hmm. But it's an, it's an incredible learning tool. And, and as I told my coaches, I've got some assistant coaches that weren't familiar with it, didn't know what it was. So next week, I think I'm going to offer a, a Huddle 101 class to some of my, my staff to show them how to utilize it because – for me, it's so for my first 13 years as head coach at, at Festus, I thought I was maximizing it. Then I became the assistant coach under Bill Saharsky. So now I'm on Friday night, I have a different role where I have an iPad in my hand that I had not had those 13 years prior. And all of a sudden, I'm able to collect data during the game. And by the and, and literally walking off the field, I would go to the gym while they talked to the kids, and I could identify issues in our special teams and address them at halftime and get them fixed. I could in real time during the game walk up to our offensive coordinator and say, this is why this worked, this is why this is not working, and show them that play, you know, tag that play. And, and you're capturing the, that play in three to four seconds after it happens. It's technology's revolution, you know, revolutionized the game. It really has. It's very interesting that uh, you had mentioned being able to be down on the field and with an iPad. That's something you really don't see at the high school level. So being able to uh, sit there as an assistant coach while there's a, a video camera over your shoulder, not really, but, you know, and then being able to look down and see it from a different perspective, how much does that change coaching? It's changed a lot. I mean, you, you figure, so we were at a time where we just had the press box, you know, and then how many guys or how many people could you get in a press box? That was the big question because you had to have your film, you had to have your stat guy, you had to have a spotter. Now that's changed. Now you got a guy in the press box. You got to, you have people down in your end zone running end zone cameras, which is you know this the the holy grail of film that you don't you know you want to capture and that you don't trade with an opponent, uh, and. Then you've got your your established camera in the press box if you got huddled sideline. So you've got all these different angles of film going on just being captured at the same time that 
you know, and then you got your iPads, and, and what they're doing is, is the information being captured. It's you're watching it live stream right there, you know, and it, it's buffered. Like I said, you're only missing you're only two to three seconds between clips of plays in real time on the field. I can't think of a real time issue we really ran into in the last four or three years I was at Hillsboro. Uh, that's to me that that changed the way I coached. Uh, and it helped me know what I, you know, it made me want to go back and do a deeper dive in statistically what I was storing and what I was accessing. So that walk from the sideline to the locker room at halftime, I, you know, people want to talk. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> I had my head buried because I wanted to be able to answer his questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tagged stuff, but I, I, what I did was I was able to condense it into a, a little presentation for myself to say, hey, this is what we have to do to be efficient with that three or four minutes I might get to address the kids at halftime because you know that it's just a fast on and off transition in football. To circle all the way back around, how quickly is are the kids able to see that and then take it into the next play when they're at halftime looking at the video? Well, I don't know. And I think that depends on school to school. I think if you look some sidelines, they have small portable TVs, mm-hmm. you know, well, not TVs, just the actual screen, that, and they project that. And, you know, it depends on whether you're, you're platooning where you can, you know, take your whole defense off to the side and you can run that back like mm-hmm. a classroom setting, okay? If you've got a school with numbers, that's, that's a huge benefit. Uh, or you can take a personnel grouping over there and, and look at that. Uh, for us, you know, in our situation where we're trying to build numbers in a program, we're going to have kids going both ways. So although I may want to talk to Alex, he might be on the field, mm-hmm. and I might not see Alex, you know, for a series or two, or unless I make a substitution. So a lot of times you try to get kids as soon as they come off the field, you know, as an assistant coach, I would say, hey, grab grab him and show him, you know, you'll, you'll have it saved mm-hmm. and paused right there. And as he's walking by getting his drink before he heads out here, you know, you got upfield too far on this play and, and you cost us a touchdown. You know, you made the running lane too too wide. If you stayed flat, you would have, you would have closed the hole off, make the runner bounce. We would have got help there and it would have been a loss. Learn from this. You know, I, 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 tell, I tell the kids, I said, and this is just like you know, you you mature as a coach. I I, I have short term memory now, and you you tell kids you make mistake, move on to the next play. I wasn't that coach my first year. Mm-hmm. If you made a mistake in the first half, I was still grinding on you in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't let it go. And and now you know I realize over the last several years, you've got to have short term memory in this game. You've got to move on because. If you keep beating that dead horse, you're beating that kid in the ground, and then he feels inferior, and then he's not going to have success. And it's a learning process. That's one thing that uh, a baseball coach has talked to us about, uh, Ronnie Calvert for the Central Rebels baseball team. He says baseball's always mental. If you mess up, it's always in your head. you got to just let it go. Whenever coaching-wise, he didn't really talk coaching-wise, more playing-wise, but coaching-wise, how, how important was it for you to just become short-term and just not worry about the, the mistakes that were made in the first quarter, not worry about those in the fourth quarter? I think that it's a, a maturation process as a coach. You know, we, uh, we went over to Grandview a couple of weeks ago and had a little scrimmage. And 
you know, and this this goes along the the conversation we're having. I'm not a, a yeller screamer at halftime. Uh, I once was, but I'm not anymore. And so we're we're just we're just having a scrimmage. But at the end of the game, I could hardly talk. And yet I hadn't raised my I hadn't used I you know air quote the coaching voice you know, <laughs> and I I couldn't address I had a hard time addressing the kids. I just I was excited one just to be back in the flow of a football game as a head coach. So that having been said, yesterday in practice, which I have already alluded to, which was a, a positive experience for our kids, we had a receiver stock blocking downfield and was doing one heck of a job doing so. And I just started yelling. And before I could say the word great job, everybody thought this kid was in trouble by the by the tone of Mm-hmm. Coach Smith's voice, right? <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and, and as soon as I got great job out, everybody was just like sighed. And I go, guys, that's we have to stop and, and recognize the little things. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know we want to learn on the fly, but and that's what I did yesterday with the offense. There were so many good teachable moments. I said, this isn't about the quantity of reps today. It's about the quality reps because you guys are doing so many things good today. I need to stop, and I feel it's important to point them out to you so you see the matter of importance of carrying out a fake, a follow-through on a throw, a stock block downfield, alignment on the backside, getting down. All these little things we talked about all coming together in a common cause of the success of just one play. When you start putting several of those good plays together, then they're, you know, they result into six points. And I said, if we start stacking six points, then we can start talking about wins. But I said, we're not there yet. You know, we're worried. We're, we're concerned about just getting that sustained success on doing the little things right. Coach, what's the offense looking like this year? It's, it's getting there. You know, and it goes back to my conversation with my college roommate last night. He, that was his, that was his go-to question. <laughs> he goes, "What's the O look like?" And I go, "The O is getting there." You know, at this time of year, anybody defense is always ahead. Anybody tells you different, they're lying. <laughs> defense is always a week or two ahead. And I, I quantify your question as this. So for two weeks, I've had to listen to the defensive coaches over there hooping and hollering and <laughs> pumping their fists and telling our kids what great jobs they're doing. And, and um, you know, there's a second coming of the Packers over there. And and uh, I just tell our kids to stay the course on the offensive side. If, you know, I could see some things where we're developing, but they can't see it. We don't have any game tape yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have – I have some archive stuff, but I have nothing with them wearing the green and white to show them what this is going to look like. In my mind, I know what it looks like. I can envision and I can see glimpses. So yesterday, it it started to happen, and when it happened, we were gashing the defense, and we were having a lot of success. And there was a, all of a sudden that excitement was on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. All of a sudden, the defensive guys were quiet, and that's when I I was in the huddle and I I said, guys, I said practice has gotten awful quiet today. I like this. I said, you know why it's gotten like that? And the kid and their kids, they don't realize. I said, you guys, you guys are doing these little things right, and they can't determine where what we're doing yet. And I said, and before it's said, it's over. The clock's expired, and you guys have won a football game. So trust the process. Just keep doing what you're doing. So. Mechanically, it's little, you know, do the little things right, and that's uh, it's not jumping off sides. And it goes back to June. 
when we first start our dynamic warm-up. Put your foot on the line. Make sure you have, I think it was seven lines of, of athletes with your foot behind the line. And Coach Sobel's giving the instruction. I'm looking right down at the goal line, and we had, and I, I said, stop. I go, this is why we were struggling with success. When you can't follow the simple instructions of putting your foot behind the line. And they all looked at me, I go, look straight down where your foot's at. Is it behind the line? Were you asked to put it behind the line? Is it behind the line? That's a five-yard penalty on Friday night and just lost us a football game. So when you quantify those little acts and start stacking them as, as people in practice, that's what's gotten their attention to detail because that's what's going to cost us a football game. You know, I said, we don't have the wiggle room of having the athleticism of a lot of our opponents on our schedule. So we're going to have to hone in and just be fundamentally sound at a few things and do those few things right in order for us to have success this year. And the kids realize it. Does it tickle your little coaching happy spot whenever the the practice turns like that and you can go to the players and say, why it's getting quiet is because we're starting to do the right things. Is, does that really get you going as a coach? Well, and I shared them with them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I drive home. I got a 19-minute drive home in I didn't. I don't listen to the radio, and I'm just processing what just happened that morning in practice the afternoon. And uh, but I now reminded myself I'm dealing with 16 year old kids. You know, it could go the opposite direction Friday. Well, today the sun came out. You know, we've had Peaky Boo Sun here at, at Desoto all summer long and had resort like weather. And today it kind of honed in on us with a magnifying glass down there. It got it got pretty warm, and uh, I said, here we are. Again, feeling sorry for ourselves, I go, now, what's the dragon state of mind? Is this the old DeSoto I'm with today or the, or the one that's trying to turn the corner? I said, we can't have that. So, you know, that's that in itself, you know, we, we had a good practice today. And, and that's the thing is, is so you guys have to continue to stack good practices. Coach, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. It's been a, a long interview. I'm sorry I took so much time, but what's the expectation for this first season for you? Our expectations starts off the field. You know, I, I realize everybody wants to look at the win-loss column. Um, I'm a big-picture person. It starts academically. I think it's important to realize we're not football players. We're student-athletes. So we're going to be held accountable for our grades. Um, and that's a culture thing, and that's something that I'm going to talk to my coaches uh, district-wide next week in our coaches' meeting. Uh, I want us to be scholarly, uh, at school, uh, supporting each other's programs, doing those little things. Uh, and then when we can get to Friday night, you know, being at practice on time, having sustained weeks where everybody's here. You know, this is a time of year where you kind of take a deep sigh as a coach because – they have to get their 14 practices in or else they're you know, ineligible for that first contest. So you know you're going to have all your dudes here. So having everybody here and, and moving through our schedule, there's, there's no secret that there are no cupcakes on our, in anyone's schedule anymore, high school football, anything can happen. Uh, we're going to take it week by week, and uh, we're going to prepare. You know, I, I, I've, I've used examples of some of the losses that these kids – I have not dwelled too much on the past. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think it may have been a week ago where I drew the line in the sand and I said, look, 
I, we need to move on from the past and focus on just us becoming better. But it's hard when there's so many examples that you can draw upon. Those will be drawn upon on occasion just as a motivational influence. Um, I believe that these kids can play better football. I believe these kids can have sustained success moving forward. What that looks like is however much they put into it for us. Uh, I'm not going to sit here, and, and, and I didn't in my football interview, by no way, shape, or form, that I start becoming a prognosticator and say wins and losses. Um, I know what is possible for these kids, but they're going to have to go perform and make it happen. And once it happens and, and things start to work in their favor, they'll see why we work as hard as we do as coaches and why we, you know, although it was 30 days, it wasn't the fun 30 days. Mm-hmm. You know, I told them, I said, the hardest part about football is the preparation part. The fun part is playing Friday night. It should be. I said, that's why we want you to play fast. You know, I had somebody said, well, I was thinking, if you're thinking on a football field, you're already beat. I said, you can't think. That's why it's our job as coaches to take the verbiage and take things and simplify it. So you take a kid, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I look at my roster. I don't just look at the kid. I go, I've already talked to our counselors, which one of these kids has a, a learning disability, which one, you know, ADHD, which, who do I need to talk to directly, you know, because sometimes as coaches, we talk in passing or we talk one direction as we point to another. You've got kids that sometimes you have to make eye contact with them. So you have to know those kids in your program, and they may be really good athletes that you're ignoring. You don't realize it, but how, you, how you're having a conversation with them. So that's my responsibility as a head coach to articulate that information that it hadn't been already from the coaches that were already here push that out. Hey, we got different learners. And it sounds Philly because now I'm, I'm using, you know, vocabulary from the classroom, but our football field is a classroom. And, and having come from the shop class now to going to an athletic director, it's even more uh, important to, to, to these kids to understand that. Coach, thank you so much. Best of luck this season, and uh, we'll be talking to you again down the road. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Uh, before I go, 